Good evening again. God bless you each one for coming. It's, it's been a, a joy to be here and we look forward to more. We certainly greet you this evening in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> May our being together this evening be a blessing. I want to tell you right up front, this evening I have a very gentle message that I would like to bring. <clears throat> you know, sometimes we need to hit really hard to get through. Sometimes that's just the only way that we can get through. There are other times and other things that need to land very, very gentle or they'll never get through. It's the only way that they'll ever get through. That's just the way life is. That's the way the Word of God is. You know, we read one place in the Word of God, it says the Word of God is like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. And that's just the application that's needed uh, right there. But there are other places where the Word of God is soft as a pillow. It's very gentle, very comforting. I, I've always liked the verse there where Paul said, I beseech you by the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. That's just a gentle beseeching. It just lands so gentle. And you know, if you notice this, usually when something needs to land very, very gentle, in order to get through, in order to be received, to gain its desired end, Usually it's something that has, has something to do with relationships. Men, that's the way it is with our wives. You, know, you just can't approach them you know, swinging the hammer. You've got to be very, very gentle. Wives, that, that's usually the way it is with us men. And, and parents, that's the way it is with children. You just don't respond when you come in swinging your authority with great force. It's kind of the way that we all are, really. I would like to spend our time this evening considering some aspects of our relationships that we have and the communication that we have in those relationships. I would like to focus on communication this evening. I'd like to share a few things that I trust will help us in communicating in some of our relationships. There are some very sacred relationships that God has established in our lives and He wants them to prosper. God does. He's very jealous over them. First of all, our relationship with Him. That's the foundation, you know, really for all other relationships. And, and I always like the statement that talks about our relationship with God that says it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And, and we know that it is a religion, but, but it's a relationship. God himself wants it that way. God wants to be a father. God wants us to be sons and daughters as dear children. The word of God tells us. <clears throat> And when our relationship with Him is right, when it's flowing, it's just a foundation for all other relationships that God has called us to. One relationship that God has established is the, the marriage relationship, ordained by God for His people. Husband and wife 
where two become one. You know, there's lots of communication that needs to take place in this relationship. And there's many of these relationships are in jeopardy. But how we communicate greatly affects this. This marriage relationship, God has chosen to represent Christ and the church. To represent how much Christ loved the church and that He gave Himself for her. And God intended that this would be lived out in this relationship. This is the relationship where God chose to show how subject the church is to Christ and how the church honors Christ and how she reverences Him. And God intended that this would be lived out in this relationship. There's a tremendous witness that comes forth from this union and a tremendous blessing. It is from this marriage relationship, this is the umbrella. It's an umbrella under which all of our children are raised. And when this love relationship is in our marriage, that thing just drips down on our children for 20 years or however long God chooses to have them in our home. But think if there is stress. Think if there is contention in this marriage relationship. That also drips down continually upon our children for 20 years. And it has an amazing effect. <clears throat> God wants this relationship to prosper. That's one relationship. There is also the relationship of parents and children. This is very close to the heart of God. Because God is a father and Jesus Christ is in his place as a son. And we find through the scriptures, my son, give me thine heart. This requires a relationship. This requires communication. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. This requires communication. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother. This, this requires a relationship, and it requires communication, and God wants this relationship to prosper. Then there is also the relationship of brothers and sisters in the Lord. In the kingdom of God, the church family relationship. And this is where in the scriptures, and I'm going to say over and over again, we are commanded to love one another. We are commanded to serve one another, to submit ourselves one to another, to be of the same mind in the Lord. That's not a suggestion. That, that's a commandment. It, it even says that we should be perfectly joined together. A building fitly framed together. Jesus said, it gave some marvelous statements. Jesus said that we here should be one. Just like I and my Father are one. I want you to think about that. 
<clears throat> and we're commanded to forgive one another. Able to be admonished. Able to admonish. Communicating. Having fervent charity among ourselves. Building each other up. You know, that's, you know, really there is more written in Scripture on this relationship than any of the others. And I'm not sure that it lifts it above the others. They're also important to God. But this is a big thing with God. And that's quite a relationship. But Jesus said, by this, by this love or by this relationship, shall all men know that you are my disciples. All of these relationships, when they are lived out according to God's standards, just think about it. These things don't just happen in the flesh, do they? They don't. There is a calling of God upon the people of God to build these relationships. And I know that there's challenges. There is. Every one of these relationships has challenges. But as I said before the other night, you know, there's no place I would rather work through challenges than right here in the kingdom of God. This is where love is. This is where understanding is. This is where answered prayers are. This is where God moves in our behalf. So I want to consider tonight some aspects of how we communicate with each other to bless these relationships because there is a tremendous witness that comes out of them. There's tremendous fruit that is born out of them. These relationships that we've mentioned, and there are others, but I, wanna, I want us to just apply the things that we have this evening to these relationships. They are a big part of our calling in the kingdom of God. I want to say that they're big enough that if these relationships are not in place, they hinder other things that you would like to do and other areas that you would like to go forward in the kingdom of God. If you remember some of the statements that God made, you know, if your relationship isn't right with your brother and you're just wanting to worship God and bring God a sacrifice and bring God an offering, what does God say? If your relationship isn't right with your brother, don't bring one to me. Just lay that thing down and you make things right with your brother and then you come. So these, these things are very big things with God. And how we communicate greatly affects how our relationships prosper in the Lord. How we communicate greatly determines whether we build up or whether we tear down these relationships. <clears throat> so let's get started here. When we think about communication, the first thing that we often think about is just simply being able to talk. Able to express in words what we feel. Having liberty to say what we want to say. To talk. And rightly so, because talking is a very big part of communication. It's very foundational. It's probably impossible to communicate without it. People who can't talk, especially people who won't talk, will never communicate. But I want to present communication this evening, the burden that I want to place upon each heart tonight 
is that communication is more than just talking. It is talking, but it is more than just talking because the root word for communication, uh, do you know what it is? I'd like to have some interaction here this evening. We have several opportunities. Do you know what the root word is for communication? That's right, brother. It's to commune. Communication is simply doing whatever it takes so that you can commune. And to commune is much more than just talking. Amen? I mean, think about communing with God. Communing with God is so much more than just spiritual talk. You know, it's a relationship. It's fellowship. It's, it's koinonia. <clears throat> And so I'm going to present communication tonight as more than just talking. The word I'd like to use is that communicating is connecting. In spirit, in emotion, in words, it is talking, but in heart. That's communion. And that's what communication is. <clears throat> I'm going to suggest that there are two different things that you can find in these relationships that we've mentioned in our homes and in our churches. And one of them is just simply when you connect. I mean, you connect in spirit and you connect in heart and there's communion there. And it's a beautiful thing. You're not just close. You're not just rubbing shoulders together a little bit. There's a connection. And, and heart can commune with heart. It's a beautiful thing. But the other thing that I'm going to suggest that sometimes is in our homes and, and even in our churches is sometimes there's a disconnect. And, and we'd like to connect, but we, there's just something there and there's just, you just can't connect. I mean, it's been called a, a generation gap. It's been called a irreconcilable differences. It's been called a lot of things, but there's just some kind of wall there and there's just really no way to get through. <clears throat> Sometimes you still live in the same house and you just can't connect. Sometimes you go to the same church and you just can't make that connection. Well, I want us to know tonight that communication is doing whatever we need to do so that we can connect in heart and in spirit, and in emotion, and in every way. I want us to think for just a minute about the great disconnect that there was between God and man. I mean, man was lost and without hope in this world. There was just no connection to God and to eternal things. But what I want us to consider is what God was willing to do to make this connection. Think about it. To what length was he willing to go to make this connection? To what cost was he willing to pay? To what, how much of himself was he willing to sacrifice to bring this thing, not just close, but together, so that man could have the power to become the sons of God? What depth was he willing to descend to so that we could connect. We, we, I think all of us here tonight can just worship God for the blessed privilege of what God has done so that we can be children of God. And so to communicate is to do whatever it takes to connect. 
God gave his all. How much are we willing to give? And communicate is also to do whatever it takes to stay connected. <clears throat> now what we cannot do, and what happens so often, we just cannot do this, but it, it happens all the time, is when we make this connection, parents with our children, I mean we want <laughs> this connection so bad, and so we make this connection with our children, but in making this connection, we literally create a disconnect with the principles of the Word of God. We can't do that, but it happens all the time. It does. <clears throat> I want to remind us tonight that that is not what God did when He made provision to connect with man. He didn't, he didn't move and compromise on any principles. He was God. He did it in righteousness and in completeness. And, and, and it's the same for us. God wants us to build our relationships with that kind of a standard. When we do create a disconnect, when we, when we sacrifice the principles of the Word of God and leave or compromise on the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we do that, I'll just tell you tonight, we have not done ourselves a favor. We haven't done our homes a favor. We haven't, though we may have connected with our children, we haven't done our children a favor. And I tell you, we haven't done our church a favor. And we certainly haven't done our relationship with God a favor. Everything suffers when we compromise and sacrifice truth and holiness to build a relationship. You cannot sacrifice God's order or truth or holiness to build a relationship. I want you to think about something for just a minute this evening. Just imagine with me, God in heaven, and I'll use myself for an example here, but let's just say God would say, I have a sweet relationship with my son Dale. I mean, I like our relationship. Now, Dale has problems. He's got some issues that need to be dealt with. And, and they're going to show up, and, and, and they really concern me. But, but my relationship is so sweet with my son Dale that I'm going to overlook you know, these needs in his life for the sake of my relationship. Does that sound right? That's not right, is it? What's wrong with that? Really, I'm the one in control of what I do. What I'm really saying to God is that I can have a sweet relationship with God as long as He lets me have part of my own way and part of my own will and just lets me have my own independence in some of these needs that I have. Then I can have a sweet relationship with God. That's not a true relationship with God. That's a false, uh, superficial relationship. There's some deception there. But I want to take that and I want to just kind of apply it in our homes. Let's just say a father says, I have such a sweet relationship with my daughter or with my son, my child. I have such a sweet relationship with my child, but now my daughter has some major problems. I mean, she needs to 
have some things changed in her life or there will be trouble. But I love my relationship with my daughter. And so I'm not going to address these issues. I know if I did, she'd go straight up. And so I'm not going to address these issues because I love this relationship that I have with my daughter. Is that right? It's not right. Is that love? That's not love. Is that God's way? That's not God's way. That's not my testimony of how God has dealt with me. And I rejoice in the love of God that He loved me enough that He would deal with my needs so that our fellowship could be sweet. And what we need is fathers and husbands who love their wives and their children enough that they are willing to address an issue, not compromising on an issue, but to address it. That is true love. And so I want to consider tonight how to communicate in this capacity where we do not move on the principles and the holy of God's Word and the holiness of God, and yet we connect with the hearts in these relationships. I tell you, as you think about that, We've got a big job, don't we? I, I mean, that's not easy. <clears throat> Brothers, fathers, husbands, to connect. It's not just stand on God's principles. We can do that, and there's always a disconnect here. But we're called to take that stand and make that connection. Sisters, wives, this is a high calling of God. And may, may God give us grace to do this. I would like to open our Bibles this evening, and I want to have some interaction here, but I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I just want to look at two verses here, and I want to consider this for just a moment. Reading in verse 9, it says, God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. We want to be a part of this fellowship, don't we? We, we want to be here. <clears throat> God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, I beseech you, brethren, who have been called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ, our Lord. There's many of you. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a powerful beseeching. The name of our Lord Jesus Christ is above every name. And here's this beseeching, that ye all speak the same thing. Think of it. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together. That's a connection. That's a heart-to-heart -heart connection. This is a beseeching from, I believe, the very heart of God. Perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I mean, that's, that's an amazing verse. Have you ever just sat down and looked at that verse and just looked at it? Have you ever sat down and just meditated on that verse? And as you meditated on that verse, have you ever just looked at everyone in your fellowship? 
realizing this now is who it's talking about. Have you looked at this verse and then looked at everyone in your fellowship and just tried to put this thing together? And then you look back at the verse again. And then you look back at everyone in your fellowship and you just kind of go back and forth and you just meditate on this thing. I tell you, this is quite a verse. And when it is true, this is quite a fellowship. Think of it. No sacrificing on truth, standing firm on the holiness of God, separate from this world and everything it has to offer, and yet coming together on everything. Perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I just want to challenge you tonight. Is that true? Is it possible? It's kind of quiet in here. Let, let, me just, uh, let me just challenge you here. If it's not possible, we probably ought to take it out. You know, the Apostle Paul just went a little too far right here. Is that what happened? You know, I, I read one time an illustration of, of a man who tried to pull a verse out of the Bible because he couldn't make sense out of that thing. And, and when he tried to pull it out, it was kind of like pulling the thread out of a knitted sweater. He, he kind of forgot how connected this verse was to a whole bunch of other verses. And so when he pulled this verse out, them other verses just automatically came out with him. With it. And he just kept pulling. And all of a sudden he pulled out John 17. You know, Jesus' high priestly prayer that we would be one just like he and the Father were one. And he just kept pulling. And all of a sudden out came the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is how you get it done in Christ. And he just kept pulling. All of a sudden the sacrifice of Calvary was gone. I mean, when you start pulling one verse out of the Bible, it's so connected to so many other verses you don't end up with the Word of God. You end up with flesh. That's all that's left. I want us to know this verse here tonight, verse 10, is connected to so many other verses in the Bible. <clears throat> what I'd like to do here tonight is I would like to make a list up here, and I would like some interaction from you all. I, I want us to just think, just forget the question, is this possible? Let's just approach this thing. This is possible. Let's just approach this thing. What's it going to take? And, and let's not be thinking in terms of, well, what it's going to take is everybody else is going to have to think like me, and then we'll have it. That is not going to happen. That is not what God has in mind. And so let's just kind of let our mind go here. I'll get you started. But up here, I know... That it's going to take humility like we spoke about, you know, the other night. Without humility, <laughs> I don't know how you're ever going to get here. I know that it's going to take love. I mean, if you, if you don't love each other and you try this verse, it's going to be a joke. And, and so what else is it going to take? What, just say it out loud here and I want to write it down. Anyone, what could... Meekness, okay? That's right here in humility. I'm just going to include that in humility. But amen. Meekness is not weakness. Anyone else? Patience. Patience. Good. Patience. You know, a lot of people, they want to get this uh, relationship thing out of the way. They don't really look forward to it. So they just want to quick get it done. That's probably not going to produce verse 10. Patience would include, I mean, when I think of patience, I think of long-suffering. <clears throat> Just a willingness to work with people. What else? Somebody said something. I missed it. Honesty. Yes, honesty. You're going to have to be honest. 
You're going to have to be open. I'm just going to add that with it. It kind of goes together with honesty. You're going to have to be able to open up your heart and share. You're going to have to communicate. That's, that's our subject tonight. What else? I, I, there's many other things here that we're going to need. Com oh, good. Yes. Compassion. You're going to have to be very compassionate. You're not going to be you know, pushing your agenda no matter what anybody thinks. You're, you're going to be thinking of others. This is very crucial. You're going to have to, I think there's an attitude to esteem others better than yourself. Don't you think? That, that would have to be, I'm just going to write esteem others better. Don't we need that to get, you know, to the, the fullness of this verse 10? What else are we going to need? Anyone, just think. Let your mind go here. Forgiveness. Good. Forgiveness. There's, there's feelings in, in hearts out there, you know, they just have hidden something against someone. And so if there's forgiveness, there's really going to need to be confession. There really is. Uh, you're going to have to share your heart. You're going to be honest and open. And somebody's going to have to listen. fact is, we ought to write that down. There is going to have to be good listeners. Don't you think? I'm just going to write that one down here. Good listeners. When you listen real good to someone else's heart, you can hear where they're coming from and it can lead you to confession. And then it calls for forgiveness because you love one another. Well, what else are we going to need here to, to get to this verse? Spirituality. Spirituality? Is that what you said? Spiritualness. Spiritualness. Okay. Yes. We're going to have to be just a spiritual mind. In other words, not, not carnality. We're going to have to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. The flesh isn't going to fulfill this verse. Amen. I get some other things listed here. I was thinking about one thing. You know what? We're going to have to have some leadership. Think about it. Is that verse really going to happen if, it, you know, if just everybody just loves everybody? It takes some leadership. And when there's leadership, you know, there has to be some responses to that, like just under authority, for example, you're going to have to have this spirit of under authority. I want you to look at these things as we're getting a list up here. These are good things. These things are communicators. Do you have any more? So, good, brother. Thank you so much for that. I had that on my list too. Submission. You know, there is going to have to be Submission for that to happen. But think about the fact that if there is submission, it does make this possible. It doesn't make it possible if only one person or two or three submit. That won't do it. This list here is everybody has to do all of these. And then this, this verse starts looking possible. It's just amazing to me. <clears throat> I want to add another one up here. Don't you think this is going to take some prayer? I think it's going to take earnest prayer. But you know, not the prayer of one person, the prayer of everyone. And don't you think if everyone is putting this kind of an effort in toward verse 10, and everyone is praying, don't you think God's heart is going to be moved to answer that prayer? I mean, just, just think about it. These, these things up here are what it takes to communicate. 
These things are gentle things. Every one of these things. The, d- compassion is gentle. Patience and long-suffering, that's gentle. Love is gentle. It, it, this, this is a beautiful picture of what it takes to communicate. We need to bring these things right here that we have made a list of into our homes, into our marriages, into communicating with our children. And and we need it right here in the church family fellowship so that God can move. It's a beautiful picture, I believe, of what God wants to do in our midst. Now I would like to consider the practical application. I need some water, brother. Is there someone who would have some water? I'd be glad. I want to consider, yeah, there's someone on it. He's, He's getting it. The practical application of these things. If these things here don't have a practical application, if spiritualness doesn't have a practical application, it begins to lose its value. You know, it's where the rubber meets the road. It's what these things make us and bring us to do. These things are, I say again, gentle. They're relationship builders. And so I'm just going to give you some things that I, you know what, I know that you all know these things. You could, you could write these down, but I'm just going to tell them to you in the capacity of the attributes that we've written up here in the board. Number one that I want to mention, you need to be able to express your heart in a relationship as part of communication. You need to be willing to share your heart. And on this one, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. That that doesn't have anything to do with it. Just whatever's inside your heart has to come out. You have to be willing to communicate and share what you feel in your heart. Thank you, brother. Amen. And this is going to include your opinion. It's going to include your emotions. It's going to include your feelings. It's going to include your hurts. It's going to include everything that is inside of you. You have to be willing to put into words your emotions and your hurts, and you need to bring that out without fear of being condemned. This is a relationship builder. You need to be able to communicate. You know, I've found that emotions can talk. I, when, when, when they get to talking, I've found that feelings can talk. I've found that hurts can express themselves very, very well. And when they come out, they're not always right. And, and they're certainly not always sanctified. But I'll tell you what they are. They're accurate. When they come out, that is a very accurate picture. It may not be right, may not be sanctified, but it's a very accurate picture of what is inside. And that thing needs to come out. <clears throat> and I say again, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. This door has to be open because this is a step towards a goal. This is part of communicating. And I don't know you folks, I don't know where you're at, but... Take these procedures and apply them in whatever capacity they need 
to be applied in your marriage or in your home or here in your church fellowship. My, my wife tells me, she said, Dale, if you're going to watch over my life, if you're going to accept God's responsibility for you to give me direction in life, then you need to know everything that's inside of me. And, and she told me, she says, and I am willing to talk. You know, that's a little scary for some people, but it's a crucial part of building a relationship. This is the talk part of communication. I tell you uh, tonight, if you don't talk, or if you won't talk, if everything stays inside, if it all stays hidden and buried and never comes out, you're probably never going to connect. You're never really going to commune. Any talking that you have is just going to be superficial. It's going to be kind of shallow. It's never going to be heart to heart. But this is what we want. And so everything that's inside needs to come out. <clears throat> and I've heard many uh, parents say, and we've probably all heard this, my children just won't talk. My child just won't talk. And I want you to know something this evening. That's not true. Your child will talk. Your child probably is talking. The reason they won't talk to you is because there's a wall there and they know they don't have liberty. They know they can't. There's some other disconnect that you need to deal with to break down. You deal with every area of a relationship, that child will talk. It's just the way God made us. <clears throat> and so because of that, Disconnect, that other disconnect that may be in the heart of a child or in the heart of a wife or whatever, a brother or sister in the church. I want to look at some other things here that we need to do. <clears throat> the second thing that I want to mention is we need to be willing to talk, but we need to be willing to listen. We need to be a good listener. Hearing the other person's heart even if you don't agree with it, here again, it has nothing to do with what's right or wrong. We just need to be willing to listen. And, and not if it's their turn to share their heart, then it's not our turn to share ours. And it's not right to interrupt them while they are sharing their heart so that we can straighten them out or share our heart at this point. That is nothing but an interruption. That is a silencer. They'll quit sharing their heart. Someone who has to share their heart when someone else is sharing their heart, that is not a good listener. Think about it. We need to learn to be a good listener. This is probably one of the most important parts of communication that there is, is learning to be a good listener. <clears throat> Would you listen carefully here? Someone who knows that they have been heard. They've opened up, they've shared everything in their heart. And they know it's ugly, but it's how they feel. But if that person knows that they have been heard, if they have the witness in their heart that you have listened closely and you've gotten down on their level, and they have the witness that they have been understood, that will do more for that relationship 
than a mountain of truth that you might give them. I'm going to say even from the scriptures. I mean, this is a big thing. I think I'm going to say that again because I, I kind of want this to land very gently. But I want this to land deep in our hearts. When someone knows they have been heard, when they have the witness that you have been listening carefully, so closely, and you understand where they are coming from, that will do more for that relationship than a mountain of truth or of straightening out or of explaining why they misunderstood. That, that doesn't do it. They need the witness that they have been heard. Now, I want you to understand that doesn't mean that you agree with everything that they said. That doesn't mean that you bless every aspect of their opinion. That doesn't mean you justify every part of their hurt that they expressed. But you don't cut them off to straighten them out or interrupt them to give them your opinion. You don't shake your head in disgust while they are speaking or roll your eyes in hopelessness at what they're saying. Especially if they're expressing a complaint against you. And brothers and sisters, that's usually what happens. Any of you who have been involved in marriage counseling, that, that's what marriage counseling is. It's just two people expressing how they feel about each other. And so you're probably going to get it somewhere in that counseling session. If you can be a good listener and listen close and get on their level and make sense out of what they're saying from their perspective, I want you to know tonight that when you do that, you're not compromising on the Word of God. You're not moving in a wrong direction, unpleasing to God. You're just learning how to be a good listener. That's the grace of learning how to communicate. <clears throat> when you understand where they're coming from, how they came to their conclusion, they're not crazy. They, they had a thinking process, and it may not be right, but when you listen, all of a sudden, when it's your turn to speak, there is an opportunity to give some direction. While they're speaking, we need to get on their level. I want to stop here just a minute because I know we know these things, but I want to say something about getting on someone else's level. I know we've heard it said that when, you know, when someone is wrong, when someone is bitter and they're talking, don't let them bring you down to their level. And we certainly don't want that, but that does not mean that we can't get down on their level and understand what they're saying. All that says is that don't let them pass on their bitterness to you. And it lands in your heart. But we need to get on their level. This evening I'm interested in learning how to connect. How, how to do whatever it takes to commune. That's what communicate is. <clears throat> and to do that, we need to learn the grace of how to get on someone else's level and listen so close to understand where they're coming from. You know, sometimes we need more than just knowledge. We need more than just to know that. It's good to have a picture in our mind. And so I want to give you a picture this evening of what we're talking about. The picture that I would like to paint now of getting on someone else's level is I want to paint a picture of a ship going through the locks. I want you to think about this with me. 
when a ship wants to go forward up or down the river and there's a different level of water ahead, I mean, maybe there's a dam, maybe there's a reservoir, and you're coming up the river. That ship must get on a different level before it can go forward. And you can say, well, now, Brother Dale, hold on here. That's out there in the river. We're talking about relationships. But no, that is in our relationships. Sometimes in our relationships, there are dams. Sometimes there are walls. Sometimes there are reservoirs of things that have backed up for years. And, and if, if, if we're going to work on this relationship, we're going to have to get on whatever level that other person is on. That ship must get on someone else's level first before it can go forward. A while back, my family and I, we were as a family there in New York, and they took us to the Eisenhower Locks on the St. Lawrence Seaway up there at the line between the United States and Canada. That's where we were. And we watched this great ship coming up the river, up to the dam, up to a different level of water. And this ship was a big ship. This thing was a powerful thing. This thing <clears throat> had tremendous power, tremendous cargo, tremendous weight. I mean, there was a lot of things this ship could have done. And I just tell you, if that ship would have decided that it wasn't going to go into the locks, if it was just going to, you know, we've got the power, we've got the authority, we're going up this river. And I, I mean, think of the damage that they would have done. They probably could have broke the dam. That thing probably could have. That was a big ship. Had a lot of power. But think of all the damage that that would do. I, I mean, I'll think of all the flooding downstream. You broke the dam. You emptied the reservoir. You probably sunk the ship. <clears throat> and brothers and fathers here tonight... <clears throat> If you try to go forward with your wife or your children just because you have the power and the authority that God gave you and you come in there and you're going to go up the river and you're not willing to go through the locks, you're probably going to sink your family. You're probably going to sink your relationship and your home. Just because you're the big ship carrying the cargo just because you have the authority does not mean that you can skip the locks. The locks were made for you. That's why they're there. Going through the locks is a procedure. We watched that ship enter in to the locks. And I tell you, when that thing entered in, it was a very confined area. <laughs> The, the locks were 750 feet long, I believe we were told. And that ship, very carefully, very gently, very slowly, worked its way into that lock. And when it got all the way in, there was just enough room behind it to shut the gate. I mean, that was a big ship. And I don't know how wide them locks were. They were over 100 feet wide, 110, maybe 120, right in there somewhere. And there was only one foot on each side of the ship. That, that's all there was. I mean, there, there wasn't even room to wiggle. That ship had no liberty at that point that it has when it's sailing the high seas. At that point, that ship had no opportunity, whatever, to use its power or its authority because it was going through a procedure to get to a different level 
so that it could go forward. So I want to challenge you tonight. Have you been through the locks? Are you a good listener? Can you get on someone else's level? I tell you, right here, all of these things. One person doing this is not going to work. But if everybody here tonight does all of these things, it's amazing what God can do. Think about it. If we all do our part. <clears throat> Youth, I want to challenge you here tonight. Have you been through the lock? You know, your life is at a certain level. You have certain energy levels. You have certain interests in life. But have you entered into the light? Lock. Shut the gate. Change the level so that all of a sudden you see more the perspective where your father's coming from. All of a sudden you see more the authority that God gave your father and how he sees this thing. Have you been through the locks, youth? I tell you, it's for all of us. <clears throat> I want to say that there are times when I have refused to go through the locks. I, I'm kind of speaking out of my own failures. I, I, I could weep over this thing, I tell you. But I will testify this. Whenever I refuse to go through the locks, I paid dearly. I made a mess of everything. <clears throat> I want to remind you, you are not sacrificing truth to go through the locks. You're just going through a procedure that puts you at a new level where you're going to be able to share truth and where it will be received. Think of it. The third thing that I want to mention tonight, you need to be willing to share your heart. You need to learn to be a good listener and I want to mention this, you need to turn your heart toward the other person. I think that's what love is. You know, love isn't selfish. Love turns toward someone else. And, and we need to turn our heart. You know, you can listen, you can share your heart, uh, and, and your heart doesn't turn. You can hear someone else's heart and listen to everything they have to say, and, and the compassion within you is not stirred. We need to turn our heart. We need to stir up compassion and charity for each other. <clears throat> Malachi teaches us that Elijah will come and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the hearts of the children to the fathers. Here again, remember it's not just one person doing all the turning. It's everyone doing their part. And when the father, and I realize that he turns first according to how the scripture's written. But when the father begins to turn. And this isn't a new direction as far as you know, taking a stand against the world and the things they have to offer. But it is a new direction in how you see your son. And it's a new direction on how he sees his father. And when both turn, I mean, look what happens. There's a connection. God can have his way. <clears throat> Read a story in an old Reader's Digest one time about a couple. And their relationship was stressed greatly. And they just weren't going to make it. They knew they weren't going to make it. And so they just began to talk of just separating and just giving up. And so they decided to do that, but they didn't really want to do that. And so they decided, you know, let's just buy a tree 
and we'll just plant a tree in our front yard. And if the tree lives, we'll just try to work it out. And if the tree dies, then uh, we'll just kind of go by the sign of the tree. And so they got a tree and they planted it out there in their front yard. And you know, there was something in the heart of this, this husband. He, he, he kind of wanted that tree to live. And so one day when his wife was gone, <clears throat> he thought, he went and got a bucket of water. And while she was gone, he snuck out there and he, he poured water on the tree. But his wife wasn't gone. She was in the bedroom. And she just happened to be looking out the window. And, and, and when that wife saw her husband go out there and very tenderly water that tree, something in her heart just began to turn. It was a turning in her heart. And, and he went about his business. He, he didn't know she had seen. And, and it stirred her heart so that one day when her husband was gone, <clears throat> she thought, she went and got some fertilizer, and she got the bucket. And she went out there, and she very carefully fertilized and watered the tree while her husband was gone. And then she put things away. <clears throat> but her husband wasn't gone. He was down in the shop looking out the window. And you know, when the husband looked up and he saw the heart of his wife watering and fertilizing this tree, almost like it was with a prayer that it would grow. Something in her husband's heart just began to turn. And in her heart, and it's just needless to say, it's a beautiful story. We need to turn our hearts towards each other. I believe it's a beautiful illustration. And it tells us in Malachi there, it says, If this doesn't happen, there's judgment that comes. I will come and smite the earth with a curse. God is serious about this thing. I tell you, fathers, our hearts need to turn to our children. Husbands, our hearts need to turn toward our wife. In the fellowship of the saints here in this gathering, our hearts need to turn toward each other. It's just amazing what God can do when we connect, when we begin to do these things. When you, I tell you, if you begin to do these things and your brother begins to see you doing these things, their heart begins to turn toward you. And when you see them doing these things, these are gentle things. These are relationship builders. And it, it's just amazing what God can do. It is. So we need to be willing to share our heart. We need to be good listeners. And we need to turn our hearts. <clears throat> The fourth thing that I want to mention, and I'll not be here too long this evening, but I'm going to mention time. It takes time. Look up here. Here's, uh, here's uh, patience. Here's long-suffering. These things aren't in a hurry. These things here are not in a hurry. And when they're not in a hurry, they can do a big work. They really can. <clears throat> One, two, and three that we have mentioned, expressing your heart. Hearing your heart, it just takes time. And that's one reason so many relationships in the world today and in the church today are so bad and on the rocks is because we're too busy to listen. We've got to run. We can't run. <clears throat> I want to tell us tonight that man is trifold. Every one of us here has three parts to us. 
Every person here has a physical body. We just do. Every person here has emotions and, you know, mental, a thought process. Mental and, and, and emotional. We all have it. And the third part, we're all spiritual. Every one of us here has an eternal soul. It, we're, we're all the same. We all have all of them. We, we all have a body. We all deal with health. You know, and fathers, our children have energy that needs to be dealt with. That's part of their physical body. They have hormones. It just there's things in the physical body that need to be dealt with. And in the emotion, there's the mind, the will, and the emotion. I tell you, we've all got them all, don't we? And we need these things need direction. That's when we're expressing our heart and become a good listener. And every one of us. Has, a, has an eternal soul. We're born in Adam. We need to get born again. We need to be taught of God. And in a relationship, I'm going to say, especially fathers with children, you need to deal with all three areas of your children in order to win their heart, in order to have their heart. Sometimes we think we'll just take care of the spiritual needs and then we'll have it. But I tell you, I'm just going to tell you, I, I hope you can take this, this, I don't know where to turn to the scriptures on this, but I'm going to speak from having been down the road a ways. I've seen it when people were taught devotions every night, but something was a disconnect. There was something there, there's something else, and it's because their children were more than just spiritual. They had emotions, they had a thought process, they were a complete person, they had a physical body. I remember... <laughs> One morning uh, in North Carolina, it snowed eight inches one morning, and, and that's a lot of snow in North Carolina, and my children were excited, and I was up praying. I was just up praying for my children. I was out there kind of in the room, and, and my, one of my sons, he walks out, and, and he looks out the window at all this snow, and he's looking out the windows, and I, I was just jealous over my children and I wanted to pray over my children and so I called my son over there and I said son would you just kneel here beside daddy I just want to pray a blessing on you with my whole heart and he kneeled there beside me and I I just put my hands there and I just prayed heaven down on this child I prayed that God would put a, a, a hedge of protection around him that God would use him that God would give me wisdom to teach him according to the word and the will of God and I just prayed heaven down on my son and I was just thinking when I was coming to a close there. Whoa, I just wonder if my son isn't blessed. I just trust he's blessed. And when I was done praying, he looked up at me. And you know what he said? He said, Dad, there's eight inches. <laughs> you see, I couldn't just read him a Bible story. I, I couldn't just deal with his spiritual needs. I had to play in the snow. We, we need to deal with every area of our children. We really do. Sometimes the hearts of our children turn to us in the snow. Can you take that? That is true in relationships. We need to bring that one home. <clears throat> I want to mention one more thing this evening. When you communicate... You need to be willing to share your heart. You need to be a good listener. You need to turn your heart toward each other. You need to be patient and long-suffering. Give this thing time. And you need to communicate in your place. This is a big thing with God. And this makes communication a beautiful thing. You need to communicate 
uh, wives and children under authority. Fathers, you need to take the authority that God gives you in a very, very gentle way. Wives, I want to say this. God wants you to express your heart to your husband. He does. Sometimes God speaks to a a husband through a wife expressing her heart. I know that's happened to me. I just, I've changed some things because I knew it was from God. We need, it, it's God's will that our wives would express their heart to their husband. But it's not God's will that the wives would blackmail the husband. It's not God's will that the wives would run the household and be the head of the home. Communicate in your place. You can share your heart. You know, my wife had a challenge one time soon after we were married. We were making some changes, and she wasn't raised that way, and she was afraid what her dad was going to think, but she wanted to do how I was leading, and she was kind of torn there. And if I'd have been listening closer, I think I could have dealt with that myself. But you know, what we did is we went back, and, and we just sat down with her father and, and just told him kind of the situation there and, and how my, my wife wanted to follow but she wanted to be faithful and honor him and and he heard our heart and and he gave her her blessing you follow your husband you know and when when she got that blessing from her father it, it was a blessing I appreciated it I think if I would have done my part if I'd have been a better listener I'm just not sure that we'd had to do that I I think there was great needs manifest there in my own heart but Be in your place as you express your heart. Now I want to tell you this. When my wife got that blessing from her father, you know, to just uh, make some changes to be faithful to your husband, she came home, and even though she had that liberty, I tell you what, she still had some pretty strong opinions. (laughs) And I wanted to hear them. We need to hear the hearts of our wives. Children, God wants you to share your heart with your parents. All of it. But He doesn't want you to make your father so that he just does not know what to do with you. He doesn't want you to share your heart with Him and then leave home. He wants you to share your heart with Him. All of it. All of it. And then be willing to enter into the locks and get into His level and hear His heart where He's coming from. I tell you, those things are gentle things. They're relationship builders. I believe that they are. I think I'm going to bring this thing to a close here. But I want to say something up here. I'm not sure that we have everything written up here. I was thinking about one other thing. I'm going to add something else up here. I'm just going to add sacrifice. I think about Paul when he said that he would eat no meat as long as the world stood if it would cause offense in a brother. You know, that's, that's a marvelous attitude that I kind of think is lost in the Christian world around us. It's kind of lost in relationships. We're kind of living in an age where we are encouraged to do our own thing. You do your thing and I'll do my thing. But that doesn't build relationships. Well, build relationships is being able to sacrifice. And I want to close with a thought here about the Lord Jesus. Fathers and husbands, I'll just say this to fathers. Your children 
find this here. Your children are not going to follow you just because you're the father. Your children are not going to follow you just because you're willing to lead them. I haven't seen that children are willing to father, lead their, follow their father just because they know that they are, or he is ordained of God to lead them. They need to see something in dad's heart that connects with them. Children follow you when you break your heart before a holy God, when you get on their level, and when you're willing to sacrifice for them. I'm going to say that's the way it was with Jesus. How did Jesus win the hearts of those who followed him? How did he win the people, uh, the hearts of his people? How did he get his people to follow him? When he came to his own and his own received him not, when he was despised and rejected of men, how did he win the hearts of his people? Did he just use his authority and just say, now you are going to follow me. I left heaven and you're going to come down here and you're going to follow. Is that what he did? It's not what he did. He could have. He had the authority. And he could have done enough miracles right there to just create conviction. And they might have followed, but that's not the pattern that the Lord set. I, I believe the Lord did use his authority. You know, he said to the fishermen, follow me. And, and the people did marvel at the authority that he had. So that was there. So I'll be careful what I say here. But God, Jesus, did not use his authority to win the hearts of his people. How did he win the hearts of his people? He won the hearts of his people at Calvary. Did he not? I mean, he created more gravity in, in me, in you, in us to follow him because of the great love wherewith he loved us. The tremendous sacrifice that he made for us. <clears throat> We need to get a hold of this as leaders. Jesus did not win the hearts of his people with his authority. He won their hearts by his sacrifice. We know that's right. And so I ask you, is the formula the same for us? It is, brothers. We will never rise above the pattern of Christ. <clears throat> he won the hearts of his people by his sacrifice. I just want to I just want to encourage us again. Let's just read uh, this verse here in Corinthians uh, verse 9 and 10 again. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. How many of you tonight are thankful to to know the Lord? I mean just just think how thankful. We can't be thankful enough. I mean, we should be willing to do some sacrificing here just because we're a part of the family of God. I love that song, you know, that I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God from the door of an orphanage to the house of a king. No longer an outcast, a new song I sing from rags unto riches, from the weak to the strong. We're not worthy to be here. But praise God, we belong to the family of God. We can sacrifice. We can do it. We've been called into this fellowship. There are people all over the world who've never even heard about Jesus Christ. They've never even heard, have no idea what 
It means to have a godly home or a father who loves them or a father who's willing to sacrifice them. They've, they've never even heard of the blessings that we enjoy. A thankful heart will stir some activity here. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I want to say again, this doesn't work if it's just one or two or three people who do this. It's not going to work if it's just leadership that does this. It's not going to work if it's just the two or three people in the congregation that do this. This works when every one of you look at this list and say, I can do that. I can be a good listener. I can get on someone else's level. I can make some sacrifice. And really, if everyone here does a little bit of this, Verse 10 doesn't look impossible. And that's God's will. It's His will for all of us. And so I want you to take these things and, and whatever application, you know, God may be working in your life, whatever relationship is before you to build, whether it's in your marriages, whether it's with your children. And as your children get older, uh, you know, don't forget this. And here at, at this church fellowship, Zion Christian Fellowship, you're called unto the fellowship of Jesus Christ right here. Be willing to, these are gentle things. Do the gentle things that are relationship builders. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we desire to be an encouragement tonight. An encouragement to communicate according to the, the word of God according to the example of Christ, according to the meekness and the gentleness of Christ. Father, help us to bring this kind of patience, this kind of long-suffering, this kind of love into this fellowship, Father, so that, so that it would just bring fruit unto righteousness, unto holiness, and to the glory of God. We pray that you would bless our being together here this evening to your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to pull out your songbooks. I want to sing number 166 tonight. <clears throat> I want to sing this song because I believe it just speaks of, of a relationship builder. This song speaks of just finding a quiet time in a private place. It speaks in here of Yonder the strife and cry. Anyway, all the, all the rushing is out there. There's a quiet place where we can connect with God. And we need to find those places to connect with each other as well. But I, I think this song is a blessing. I, I really love this song. And so let's stand as we sing this. And I just want to leave the altar open if God's finger is upon someone's heart.